The Amplified Mind is a podcast dedicated to the enhancing of the mind's ability to think more effectively. We will discuss a range of topics related to spirituality, life, and love. These thought-shifting sessions will help you explore your creative potential, higher learning, and yes, life principles. You will awaken to a new level of consciousness when you experience The Amplified Mind. All right, guys, so if you will, let's get your Bibles and let's turn to the book of uh, Genesis, Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Now, I'm going to give a different twist on this scripture because this is where, um, for years, the institution of marriage was taken. Um, But I'm not going there today because many people, believe it or not, don't want to be married. The statistics show today that marriage is not as popular. It's not as wanted as it was in years past. And it's not because people choose to live in sin. It's just because people don't want to be married. That's just bottom line. And But the scripture, when God gave it to me, I saw it from a different uh, paradigm shift. I saw it from a different perspective. And I want you to really listen and get this message because we're going to talk about the loneliness epidemic But this scripture is powerful. So let's start. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, The Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. I'll read it again. The Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. And so, as I stated before, we have come to understand this to mean um, uh, him creating a wife, because later on it talks about putting him to sleep and taking from his rib and creating a woman. But I'm not going there today, because when I looked at the word helper, it was deeper than just a woman. Again, many people don't want to be married, but what the key is I want to home in on is this. It is not good that man should be alone. So we see that Adam was experienced loneliness. And it didn't say Adam at the time. It said man. So we're going to keep it in that perspective and teaching this from a principal perspective. It is not good that man should be alone because of the impact of loneliness. But I will create a suitable. The word suitable means what he needs that will cause him not to feel lonely or what she needs that will cause her not to feel lonely, a suitable helper. So when I looked up the word helper, and I thought this was unique, it's a person or thing that gives help or gives assistance. Listen to that now. A person or thing that gives help or assistance. Now, I thought that was very key because many of us have said a woman. But it says a person or thing that is suitable to administer help so that loneliness is not experienced. So what are, what are some words related to helper? I thought this was key. Apprentice, attendant, uh, a collaborator, a companion, a servant, an accessor, an accomplice. I like this one. An appointee, a backer, a colleague, a deputy, or a follower. So, you know, we see that it's not a wife. I didn't, you know, a companion it can, can, can be more than just a wife. But I use the word helper because when we look at this scripture, the key is he was lonely. Animals, everybody had an accomplishment, uh, a, company, uh, a company person with them to be with them, something to help them further along what they were. 
two frogs, two birds, two animals. But he was alone. So let's make something suitable. Now, at that point, what he needed that was suitable for him was a woman taken from his rib. Why is this key? Because what was suitable was that which fit him. Oh, you got to get that now. So in other words, to break the loneliness, I have to give him something suitable that comes from him that is of him. Oh, I want you to get that now. So let's look at this real and more in depth of loneliness. And again, this today's message is titled The Loneliness Epidemic. Feelings of emptiness, sadness, shame, and the subjective perception that one is distant from others are the characteristics of loneliness. Okay? Feeling empty, feeling sad or shame. You know, depression throws you in that field of loneliness. And there's a lot of people that can attest to feeling that way. Or the subjective perception that one is distant. Someone who is distant, alone, or stay to themselves, or seem to be always by themselves. That's, that's, that's what loneliness comes from. And recent studies have linked loneliness to depression, irritability, preoccupation with negative self-related thoughts. And listen to this, 26% increase in the risk of premature death. Now, where does this come from? Suicide. 26% of people that are lonely, it brings about premature death because the spirit of loneliness is dark. Now, some of you can be honest and say, Carrie, I have experienced it, maybe going through right now, to where I feel by myself, but I'm around a lot of people. See, loneliness doesn't just relate to someone who's by themselves, but it's an internal thing. There's a lot of people that are around people. There's somebody married right now, but yet they're lonely because their mate is not suitable for their needs. Oh, my. Are you about to hear me this morning? And so one third of the population, okay, in industrialized countries as America and others has been affected. And listen to this. One of every 12 persons are severely affected by loneliness. One of every 12 people. So out of 12 people lined up, one of those persons is experiencing loneliness. Guys, that's a lot. That's a lot. And if you'll be honest today, whether it's live or in replay, are you struggling with loneliness? Are you feeling like, although there are people around you, you're dealing with a loneliness epidemic? And it's great, guys. It's greater than we think. Oh, my. In addition, it appears that social class and income are not barriers to loneliness. So don't think that this is something that deals with people that are broke, busted, and disgusted. No, there's a lot of well-to-do people, very accomplished people that may have money, may have prestige, but they are struggling with loneliness. Come on, guys. Don't think just because somebody's homeless that they're the person. Sometimes the less is the best. And sometimes the more you have. Biggie, Biggie Small said, more money, more problems. And there's a lot of people that has, when, when they get money, people don't like them for who they are. They love them for what they have. And so the loneliness epidemic is so real. And it is not good that man should be alone. I'm going to talk about now we're going to get into what happens when you are alone. So let's look at uh, solitary confinement. Solitary confinement. In solitary confinement, one experiences loneliness. Suppose a prisoner is confined alone in a cell for most of the day with the minimal stimulations and little chance for social interaction. This is the case of solitary confinement. 
and it seriously harms the mental health of the prisoner. So solitary confinement, listen, guys, is something that we've heard of for years that's done in prison when someone is uh, acts out, gets in trouble and they put them off to themselves. But it's done to break them. Now, why is this important? Because there is a loneliness epidemic going on with solitary confinement, but you're not behind bars and you're not behind a cell. Come on. You are struggling because you have the characteristics of the solitary confinement without the restrictions of the room. And so early in the 19th century, the penitentiary, the penitentiary system involved in the United States, first in the Philadelphia due to the strong spirit of social optimism about the possibility of rehabilitating individuals with social issues. So they felt with this, this was created in Philadelphia. They felt that we're going to deal with people that have issues by putting them off to themselves and giving them time to think about what they've done. Well, here's the problem. You know how we put our kids in timeout? We say, go to timeout. And you're actually putting them in solitary confinement in a corner. You tell them, don't bring your head out. Don't look at me. Put your nose to the wall. You're in consolidary confinement, but they're in it without the bars and without the cell. But what is the purpose of doing this? What's the purpose of putting our children in timeout? Well, we say we do it so they can become one with their thoughts as a punishment for what they've done. But guess what we're actually doing? We're isolating them from everyone else. We're acknowledging that you've done something wrong. And rather than sit them down and teach them what they've done wrong, we've developed a solitary confinement in the home. Now, this experiment does not work in prisons. It's shown. But we also have adopted the same concept in our homes. We've done it with ostracizing people. We've done it with kicking people out of things and out of places and out of clubs. We tell them, you're no longer part of my group, no part of my clique. What you're doing is you're putting them in consolidary confinement and isolating them. And it's having a mental effect upon them in greater ways than you know. Oh, let me keep going, guys. I hope you're enjoying this. So originally known as the Philadelphia system, it is relied on most exclusively on solitary confinement as the means of incarceration. It became the dominant method of incarceration, both for post-conviction and pre-trial detainees. You go in, they automatically put you out in this room, you're consolidated, you're in solitary consolidation away from everyone, and it's doing something to you mentally. It's doing something when you hear those doors click and you're isolated and you have to think about it. All kind of thoughts go through your head. So watch this. Catastrophic results followed as a result of them doing this, this in Philadelphia. They were putting people in for a long period of time. No, in, no interaction with other, other um, inmates. Not going outside and seeing the sun. You know, if you really study con, uh, consolidated confinement, sometimes they're in there 22 hours of the day with only two hours of outside sun. And it's still confined when they do it. They walk out this little door and they're in a little place and they can see nothing but the sun. So it's messing with them psychologically. Prisoners so detained experience so many mental disturbances. Watch this. And the severity of these disturbances was so extreme that the system fell into disfavor 
and ultimately was abandoned, that Philadelphia system that they had in place. Now, today they still do confinement, but they don't do it as much or as harsh as they did back in the 19th centuries. But watch this. The problem is the psychological damage that happens when someone experiences solitary confinement. According to Craig Haney, roughly 80,000 inmates in America today are in consolidated confinement, and he stated they are in grave risk of psychological harm. So what they call rehabilitation and putting you in jail and learning for your errors of what you've done actually is institutionalizing them or conditioning them to where they can't function again when they get out. That's why you see a lot of repeat criminals. That's why you see a lot of people doing things and going back to jail, repeat offenders, because they have become institutionalized and they don't know how to function in an open world because of the consolidated confinement. Now, why is this part of the loneliness epidemic? Because when you're doing this or experiencing loneliness by being in consolidated confinement of your home, many of you experienced that during the pandemic, it causes psychological things to happen. Loneliness is not a good thing. He said, according to the conditions of the confinement, they were too harsh for the prison management and the, the practice of, you know, prison management, what they call incarceration. The problem is when you bring certain things of loneliness to teach someone a lesson, it breaks them. It breaks their will. All kinds of uh, spirits start speaking to them. Listen, you don't believe me? Become depressed or get by yourself and get lonely. And you start hearing voices. You start hearing these thoughts that come to you telling you, you're not worthy of this. You know, you're, 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 you're nothing. If you was all that, where are your people at? Where are your friends at? When you become consolidated or isolated, you start thinking thoughts that are not good. When the scripture said, whatsoever things are lovely, pure, honest, just, and of good report, think on these things, it's because life and validity comes from it. But when you're isolated through consolidated confinement or isolated because you're in this, uh, you know, loneliness state or the loneliness epidemic, then depression, health risk, and issues are part of your everyday experience. You don't believe me? Watch this. I remember the movie. And this is key. Uh, it says people who have been in consolidated confinement for a long time may find themselves unable to live anywhere else but jail. See, when a person has been confined to something so long, okay, you got to hear this. They mentally become adopted to that environment. So when we went through the, the pandemic here, uh, just back in 2020, many people experienced the social distancing in their homes or the social uh, isolation, which is nothing but the loneliness epidemic. And many people, our children today, if you go look at studies, our children today are dealing with anxiety, going to the emergency room to where it's become an epidemic, guys. You don't understand the loneliness epidemic is stronger than we know, but because we try to mask it with social media, they try to mask it with items or living this certain life. But when people turn those cameras off or that picture doesn't get the likes that they want, they experience more loneliness and more isolation. And so the movie Shawshank Redemption gave us a really good view of what it means of the effects psychologically of solidary confinement. You remember the guy Brooks and Brooks was an older man and he got out and he went to work at the store and Brooks was really nice. 
but he was institutionalized to the point he couldn't work or function freely. And so Brooks realized that they wouldn't take him back to jail because I think he tried to do something to go back to jail and he, they, they didn't take him back. He ended up going back to the house because they knew what he was trying to do. And Brooks carved upon the thing, Brooks was here. And because of his mental state of not being able to live outside in the free world anymore because he has become institutionalized due to long extended periods of solidation through confinement. Guess what he did? He committed suicide. And that's what we're seeing on great levels today. People that are struggling with loneliness, people that are struggling to adapt to the life or get out here and, and they social, um, this, 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 this pandemic we went through these last two years and people having to be stuck in the house People not being able to get out. It caused great psychological damage. And if you want to get it, just go even real. People who have had COVID and had to go into the hospital and their, their spouse or their loved one couldn't go with them. That was solitary confinement in their rooms. In this room by themselves, no interaction. And they have a sickness. And all these thoughts are going through their head. And to the point that they end up going deeper into depression and they die. Guys, this loneliness epidemic is real. And if you be honest, type on the screen if you're struggling with it yourself, because a lot of people are. Let's keep going. And so the loneliness epidemic in the early 2020, the first shelter-in-place measures to stop the spread of COVID-19 forced millions into physical and social isolation. And guess what it did? It exposed them to loneliness. Loneliness that many of us had never experienced. I remember 2020 when the world, you know, when I look at old videos, uh, one came up the other day of Bishop T.D. Jakes preaching and just thousands of people everywhere. And now to imagine in 2020, nobody could, could come together and socialize. You had to stay home. Many people struggled. Oh my goodness. I know I did. Did you? I'm sure you struggle as well. And it can be a painful experience, guys, to separate from companionship or partnership or being social. It is painful. Despite our increasingly isolated society and the forced isolation we experience, watch this, we were not made to live that way. When we read, it is not good that man should be alone and I will create him a suitable helper. When many of us had to go through being isolated due to COVID, you might have had a helper. You might have not had a helper. You might have had to, to isolate with someone that was your, that's why divorce went up during, during the isolation because they were isolating in confinement with someone who was not suitable. And the loneliness to get out and be socially active was just, boom, it went to heights unknown. And the loneliness epidemic grew in so many ways. According to the recent study, almost half of Americans feel alone today. Left out are meaningful connections with others. Do you know that those are 60 years and above? They struggle, guys. People that are at age 60 and above, I think it was like 45% of them have stated, I'm lonely. Because when you start getting older, friends start dying. Your friends, you know, you can't get out and, and socialize as they used to. And the older you get, the worse it gets. Why is this important? Because if we don't do something about it now, if we don't learn how to work now with what's happening, it's going to be worse for our children and our children's children. 
Because we were not made to be alone. We were not, the word of God told us it's not good that man should be alone. It is not good that we are in isolation. And the loneliness epidemic is just going to heights unknown. If you throw in the LGBTQ plus, and I'm not saying it wrong, but you know, when people now struggling with, with their, you know, they, 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 they struggle to come out. And so now they're coming out with what they are in their sexuality. Now there's the bashing that goes on. There's laws being passed to hold them down and things that are happening. We saw it down in Walt Disney World with, with, uh, with Florida. And so when people speak out and start living, Guess what happens? People go into loneliness because some of them want their family members to know that they're gay. They don't want people to know because it can affect their, uh, even though we say we practice uh, inclusion, some, pl- some places don't. Some pl- even some churches today, and people will look down upon you if you're not as they say you should be. That's why we practice inclusion here because you know what? God loves us all. And you know what? People say, well, he doesn't love homosexuals. Well, he doesn't love liars, backstabbers, and two-faced folks. Do you fit that category? Because many people do. And if you do, how dare you judge someone else when you need to look in the mirror and deal with yourself. 